You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. All right, so many things I want to say, but I do have the word of the Lord today. And uh, I, I, I feel such an urgency. Now, this is something that I'm going to be repeating throughout every campus, through every pulpit that I'm asked to speak in. I feel like God maybe gives me two good words, or great words a year. The rest of them are kind of subsidiary of that. They're like versions of that rehashed. Um, last year, he gave me a word on breaking uh, the power of the spirit of fear. And, and did we not? Have we not seen that chicken come home to roost in the USA and the nations of the earth? Now, here's the second word. He, he likes to reveal things in part. Uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to speak on freedom from the weight of offense. And if you look at our world right now, um, there are two undergirding spirits that are, that are stirring up trouble in the world. First one, fear, and all its, all its counterparts. We look at the world in the grip of fear. Bill Johnson said this. These are not my words, although I agree with them. He said this. He said, this virus is 1% virus and 99% fear. And I would have to agree with that statement. The way the enemy has manipulated this moment in our history to control people, to make people afraid is unprecedented. The other spirit that is undergirding uh, a lot of what we're seeing in the nation right now is this spirit of offence. The violence we're seeing, the hatred we're seeing, the division we're seeing is undergirded by this most wicked of spirits and it's a spirit of offence. So I wanna speak to you today about getting delivered and set free from that wicked weight that you weren't created to carry. And, and I'm gonna do a lot of teaching. I'm gonna bring a lot of word in the short amount of time we have together. Then I'm gonna pray for you because I feel like God wants to deliver you today from that weight and burden that you have been carrying. So we're gonna start with this scripture in Matthew 24, verse five. This is Jesus speaking. And he's going about telling his disciples what the end times are gonna look like. So take note. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Right now we're in the kingdom against kingdom stage, stage the kingdom of evil against the kingdom of light. And there will be famines, yes, pestilences, hello, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Oh, shoot. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. How many people have felt hated the last couple of months? Three of you. We'll have to talk afterwards. And then listen to this. And then many will be offended. Many will be offended. Many, many, many will be offended. So I want to start there by saying, if you feel offended today, I don't want you to feel condemned. I want you to know that the Lord sent me to bring a word of, of, of liberation for your tribulation. And today I wanna to say to you, you're one of many. So be a good cheer, you're not the only one. Many will be offended and they will betray one another and will hate one another. See the, see the progression there. I want you to take note of that progression. I want you to look at it. Offense, betrayal, unfaithfulness, hatred. 
than many false prophets because here's what happens when you get offended, when you allow offense to take root in your heart, you're easily deceived. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. The same many that have allowed offense to be a burden on their back, breaking them, will be the same many that are also easily deceived by these false prophets. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But now I'm speaking to you. But he or she who endures to the end shall be saved. That's us, that's me, that's you. So right here, Jesus is warning His disciples of what the end time is gonna look like. He is uncovering a strategy of the devil right here. And today I wanna talk on being set free from the weight of offence, but how I wanna do that is I wanna kind of put forward to you a couple of symptoms. So you can see if you maybe have not let, look, we all get offended. Jesus said, woe to the world because of offences. For offences must come. And I don't know if there's a better tool in our life as a believer to mature us and strengthen us like overcoming offence. So many will be offended, but we don't need to take offence. And so I want to I wanna bring forward some symptoms today to maybe see if some of us in the room, and again, remember Jesus said many, are struggling under the weight of offence. So you might see yourself in this. Um, and if you get all of them, feel free to yell out bingo. <laughs> However, I wanna start, I just wanna undergird what I'm about to say with this scripture. This is Paul speaking to the Galatians church. He said, for love completes the laws of God. All of the law can be summarized in one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you care for and love yourself. But if you continue, that's the key word, if you continue, some of you may have been, but if you continue, I'm praying today you don't continue, to criticize and come against each other over minor issues. And goodness gracious me, it hasn't been over earth shattering stuff like that man killed my whole family. All right, at that case, please come to my office. We're gonna have some real serious conversation deliverance. We're gonna walk you through that. But we are being divided over minor issues. We are being offended over minor issues. And then Paul goes on to say, and if you think I'm offensive, I'm not compared to him. You're acting like wild beasts. Wild beasts trying to destroy one another. Amplified puts it this, if you, bite and devour, if you bite and devour one another in bickering and strife, watch out that you along with your entire fellowship are not consumed by one another. We're gonna go ahead and look at some symptoms, all right. You don't always maybe feel like you're offended, but you will always reveal it. You might see yourself here. Okay, point number one, to see if you're on the offense scale. You cannot say anything nice about the person. Galatians 37, four says this, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they were offended. They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. What does that look like in our world? You scroll through Instagram, you see their photo of them living their best life in all their filtered glory. And you can't like it, you just keep scrolling on. Scroll on by, baby, I ain't liking your photo. No matter how cute your baby is, no matter how awesome your coffee foam design actually looks on Instagram, I will not like it, because I'm offended. 
You did something to me and I cannot speak nicely about you. In fact, if other people speak nicely about you, I am gonna take it as my civic duty to remind them of why you ain't that. Just maybe you're offended. Point number two, you deploy passive aggressive behaviors toward them. Now when kids are offended, we know they sit there and they got their arms crossed and they got a pout the size of a Kardashian's lips. They turn in their head sideways, they won't look at you so much as you say, look at me, look at me. Mm. They slam the door, they storm out, they pick up their Legos, they throw them. But us Christian adults, we're way, 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 way more sophisticated. Ooh, no, we just walk into a room and we say, hi. In a really cool way with a really fake smile. And we just walk on by. And we exclude them. And we invite everybody to the party, the Awakened Church party, but them. And then we post photos of said party on Instagram so they know everybody came but you. You deploy Cold War tactics like exclusion and sarcasm and isolation. I'm sure you're not doing that though. I, um, when I was a, a young Christian, I had a good friend who was offended at me. Very offended. I didn't know why. And it turned out in the end being a misunderstanding. And do you know that if you analysed most of your minor issues, little offences, most of them are misunderstandings. Imagine being so foolish to toss out a relationship, a divine friendship, and they don't come along every day over a misunderstanding. And I would walk into a room and when I'd walk into the room, she'd walk out. If I joined a conversation circle, she would excuse herself, not look at me and walk away. And this girl was, I was one of her bridesmaids. This was very odd. And I came to her after a couple of weeks of this behavior. And I said to her, what's up? What's wrong? And she explained to me the issue. And I was like, oh, my, you are, no. Whoever told you that, told you what I said verbatim, but in a different spirit. That's not what I meant, That's, I love you. I would never treat our relationship with such casual disdain, I would never do that. But how sad that we lost many weeks of our very, what I thought, solid relationship over a misunderstanding. But immediately, her, her maturity in Christ level was revealed by the way she dealt with that offense, by deploying these passive aggressive behaviors. Number three, you rehearse the stories of offense. You may even keep it going generationally. And instead of rehearsing the stories of God's goodness and His faithfulness, you rehearse the stories that keep the fires of offense and hatred burning. What stories are you rehearsing today? You know, Deborah, they called her a mother. What kind of a mother are you? Deborah arose a mother in Israel. You know how she took her family, the Israelites, to victory? The Bible says that she rehearsed the stories of God's faithfulness and His victory. But there was another mother in the Bible. Her name was Herodias. She was married to King Herod and she had a daughter named Salome, not Salami, Salome. <laughs> and Herodias had an offense. She was offended at John the Baptist because John the Baptist turned up and he was a truth teller. 
he got his head chopped off for it. He was, a, he was one of those people you just won't, don't want to come over because they tell you the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. One of those friends who will tell you if you've got black stuff in your teeth and tell you if you have a bad attitude. That was John the Baptist. So he rocked up one day, he had a bit of a relationship with King Herod because King Herod wanted to know about God but he was so pagan and so messed up but at the same time he wanted to know, I want peace and I don't know how to get it. So he invited John the Baptist into his world and John said to him, Herod, you married your brother's wife. This ain't the real housewives of the Old Testament. (laughs) That is not cool, bro. And so Herodias was so mad at him. This was her chance to be queen. She wanted to be queen. She wanted to be queen bee, stinging and buzzing everybody around Israel. But John the Baptist was thwarting her plan. She got very offended at him. And the Bible says this, it says in Mark 6, 19, that Herodias kept in her mind things against him and she wished to kill him, but she could not. So she kept rehearsing the story. She rehearsed it over and over again, so much so that she convinced her daughter Salome to request the king in a vulnerable moment to lop off the prophet's head. What kind of a legacy do you wanna leave your children? A legacy of offense? or a legacy of victory. Two very, choi- very different choices. The Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy, I lay before you, this is God speaking, life and death, blessing and cursing. I pray you choose life. Today we have a choice. We can pick up victory, we can pick up forgiveness, or we can pick up offense and slime the very generations that come after us. Let me remind you, I love you and God loves you. Point number four, you look Oh, okay, sorry. I won't skip ahead. Point number four, you're lonely. How do you know if you've been burdened with the weight of offense? You're lonely. And this has to be for a pastor, one of the saddest things to witness, to watch as offense attaches itself to your relationships and eventually puts a wedge between you and your family or your friends. Proverbs 18, 19 says this, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate with locked bars. Think about that analogy for a second. A gate with locked bars. So if you're offended and you do not forgive as the Lord commands us to do, it's like you put up a wall around you. And that wall not only keeps people out, but it also keeps you in. And then you wake up one day, uh, like I did many years ago, after being in ministry and being so terribly hurt and wounded and offended and not processing it rightly. And then I woke up one day when my husband was out of town and I had nothing to do and I realized I've got no one to call. I don't have any friends. Offense had put offense around my heart and it did not allow anyone in and it did not let me out. Offense will walk you out of every relationship, every church, every job, and even every marriage if you do not learn to master it. Proverbs 14.4 says this, without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. What does that tell me? If you want a harvest of friendships, you've got to be prepared to put up with some crap. 
Without oxen, without a friend, your life will stay clean. It will stay unencumbered. It will be less messy. You won't have to forgive people. You won't have to deal with that woman that keeps sitting next to you at church that's like Sally Sandpaper always rubbing you up the wrong way. (laughs) But if you want friendships, you're gonna have to get a little bit okay with being offended. And this world is so offensive and I wish it wasn't true. But when Jesus says it, you've got to bank it and count on it. Point number five, you've become ungrateful. An offended person doesn't appreciate because they live with a debt-debtor mentality. What you did for me, you owe me because you hurt me. And this is a big, oh, this will spoil your marriage up real good. This one will. Because, Because instead of it being a gesture of kindness... Instead of it being a gesture of love and goodwill, it's now something you owe me because you offended me. (laughs) And I've seen it time and time again in marriage. The poor old man walks up with the beautiful watch and it's like, hmm, it's okay. It's all right. Because deep in your heart, You've got an offense over what that poor fella did a year ago and you haven't forgiven him. And now it's not a beautiful romantic gesture of love. It's a debt that has been paid partially. And you're gonna keep paying it for the rest of your life. I had a person in my world many years ago that I would give clothes to when I, and and I got some nice stuff. Not at the moment because all the stores are closed, but Ruby's gonna help me. Well, they were. I've lived in sneakers. This is a hard life right now. I've got to tell you, I feel like I'm on stilts. Next time, I'm doing this for you. I'm trying to impress you. Next time I'm coming in sneakers, just beware. But I had a friend I would pass on my clothes to because she didn't have as much as me. And I was dumbfounded she would never say thank you. Never. And it really bothered me because I'm a gift person. I'm like, if I give you a gift, I'm like, I'm in love with you. I love you. I'm your friend if I give you a gift, right? And it just so bothered me. And I took it to the Lord and he said, she can't say thank you because she's offended at the life you have and the life she wants. I I wonder if that's you today. I wonder if offense has made you ungrateful. And you even sit in a church that many people have sowed their lives into, their finances into, and you can sit there and you don't appreciate it because you've got an offense in your heart. All right, what number was that? Ah, good, thank you, (laughs) just checking. Okay, point number six. You look for opportunities, if you're offended, to turn other people against them. Proverbs 17.9 says, whoever would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats a matter separates close friends. Look at that. You look for opportunities to have your offense amend or affirmed by looking for other people who also may have been offended in the same way. And I gotta be, let me keep it really real. As a pastor, scrolling through Instagram is very telling. There's that offended person just so happening having lunch with a whole bunch of other people that have the same issue. And they've all walked their silly offended selves out of the church that love them. Come on, America. We've got to be so much smarter. In the last days, many will be offended. Maybe, just maybe, it's us. 
Maybe, just maybe, God has pointed his finger and said, my friend, my beautiful kid that I love, you are burdened with something that you weren't meant to carry. And it's spoiling your life and it's spoiling the lives of the people around you. And it's bringing division into the very thing that I asked you to help me build. Why do you think the devil wants to offend people? Because he wants to divide them. Why does he want to divide them? Because he knows he's read the Bible back to front. He knows it better probably than you and I. Psalm 133, for where there is unity, the Lord commands a blessing. Nothing will be withheld from them. You look what happened in the beginning of the Bible when it talks about the the Tower of Babel. God had to confuse their language and their speech because they were unified. The devil does the same thing, but in reverse. He'll come in and he'll divide and he'll get people offended and turn brother against brother because he knows, oh my gosh, I've read Psalm 133. If these guys get their ish together and start loving one another like the Bible commands and stop getting bent out of shape and getting their knickers in a twist because of a little issue, a little offense, nothing, they will win the city of San Diego. They will take over the, you know, the world would be a very different place But it's got to start here with you and I. You look for opportunities to turn others against them. Don't do it. Don't repeat a matter. Don't be a gossip. And I want you to understand today how how drastically and urgently you need to hear this word if you're doing that. Because the Bible says that God hates it. See, if if we really read our Bibles with the eyes of the Spirit and not the eyes of what everybody else needs to know and do. If we read it and we apply it, we let the light of the Word of God shine on the darkest places of our heart. When you read in the book of Proverbs, six things the Lord hates, seven are an abomination to Him. So the seventh one, He doesn't only hate, it is abominable. One who sows discord amongst the brothers, the brethren, the community, the church family. You look for opportunities to turn others against them. Or maybe number seven, you can't rejoice Maybe when, when others rejoice. If you're offended, you can't celebrate other people. The book of Romans chapter 12 verse 15 says, I want you to rejoice when people rejoice and then I want you to weep when people weep. You might be offended if you rejoice when people weep and you weep when people rejoice. That, that if you get that mixed up, if it's opposite day for you, when you read Romans 12, 15, just maybe you're offended. Look at a woman in the Bible who was a princess, who was a, meant to be a queen in all Israel that just could not get this right because of an offense in her heart. Her name was Michael, married to King David. Now he wasn't a perfect husband, but if you are a perfect husband, please stand up and let us applaud you. <laughs> He wasn't a perfect man, no man is, no woman is. There are no perfect people. She was married to this imperfect man, but he loved her. But she so had an offense in her heart over something that happened in the past, she could not get over it. And it encroached upon her ability to be able to celebrate. And it ended up costing her her ability to be able to reproduce. The Bible says that the Lord struck her barren. Isn't that interesting? He said, I will not have a woman like that with that kind of spirit multiply and have her seed sitting on the throne of Israel. That's, that's an intense thought right there. So the Bible says 
that as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. Offended people, they're not down where it's happening. They're not all out in it, in the foyer. They're watching from the window. Mm-hmm. And then David finally walks up and she tears him a new one. Oh, how undignified was the king to, she despised him in her heart, the Bible says, because she was offended. All of Israel was getting their party on. All of Israel was in celebration. All of Israel was celebrating the ark of the presence of the Lord has come back into the camp and they were having a party like it was 1999. But Michael couldn't enjoy it because she had an offense. Is that you? Has the weight of offense you've been carrying that God wants to liberate you from today been encroaching upon your ability to celebrate? I'm not gonna go to that awakened party. I'm not gonna go to that church event and celebrate. I'm not gonna leave a good comment on the Instagram page when they post a picture of the president, the highest office in the land saying churches are essential. What a day of celebration. And yet because of an offense in a heart over who is president, I can't celebrate that that same man said churches are essential because I don't like him. Come on, America. Can you celebrate? Can you rejoice when others rejoice? And trust me, you're not hurting Donald Trump. You're hurting yourself. Okay. Point number eight. You feel disconnected from God. This is the biggest thing. Because the Bible says this in 1 John 4.20. Anyone can say, let me do that again. Anyone can say, oh, I love God. Yet they have hatred toward another believer. What does John say? This makes him or her a phony. And I know how much you hate phonies. Because if you don't love a brother or sister whom you can see, how can you truly love God whom you can't see? I don't believe you. When you tell me I've been speaking to God and yet you're not speaking to that friend. I don't believe you when you say, oh, I've spent time with the Lord when you won't spend time with that friend that offended and wounded you over a little issue and instead you've cut them out of your life. I don't believe you. What does the Bible say? They will know that being the world that you are my kids by how you treat each other. The world is watching, going, what do they do? Do they bite and devour and consume each other like we do 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Oh yeah, they are. Look at him. I think it was Martin Luther King who said, Sunday is the most divided day across America. And he wasn't just talking about skin colour, he was talking about a whole lot of things. Offences in the heart offences in the heart, a burden and a weight you've been carrying and you've been trying to justify it. And the Lord sent a prophet of the Lord today to tell you it is enough now. I wanna set you free. I wanna take that burden off your back so you can truly live. What's another sign that I'll just throw in there? You're living without peace. If you're offended, you got no peace. You eat, sleep and drink this offence. You wake up in the middle of the night and oh, you're rehearsing it in your head. Like Herodias, you get out your Christian voodoo doll and you start poking it. 
And then you see them go through some kind of calamity and you go, oh, it's justice. Oh, it's justice. Well, how ironic that you're asking for justice. Now imagine if you got the same kind of justice. Time does not permit me to go there. However, I am gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you to go there. Because this is a moment not between you and I, it's a moment between you and God. I'd love it if you'd stand to your feet. I've talked about the symptoms, but now let me tell you the cure. I heard it said that self-reflection is one of the greatest tools in learning and change. King David did it. Psalm 139, oh God, search me. And you know what an offended person says? Oh God, search them. Search me, know me, test my every anxious and fearful thought and see that there be no hurtful or wicked way in me. If, if you wanna be set free from offence and live with real peace and not be lonely anymore and be able to sleep at night and get rid of some of those sicknesses and those illnesses that have been plaguing you. And if you think, think I'm being harsh, I'm not because the science around the link between sickness and unforgiveness is indisputable. Maybe today, if that's you, you need to be like King David. Oh God, search me, know me. I'd love it if you'd lift your hands and close your eyes as I talk about the cure today. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. You weren't brought here by the Lord today to be condemned and reminded of everything you're doing wrong, but to be liberated. And sometimes we need to see what the law says before we can receive what Jesus paid for us and grace gives us. Search your heart. Mark 11:25 says, whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart, are you carrying something in your heart against a mother, a father, a church member, a church family member, a pastor, a leader, a friend? husband, a wife, a child, maybe against God Himself, maybe you're offended at God. If you find that you are carrying something in your heart, release Him, forgive Him, so that your Father in Heaven will also release and forgive you of your faults. You've got to release your burden to God. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. You weren't meant to carry this and it's been robbing your peace and it's damaging your children. Offence is a spirit that is passed on like a DNA. Do you want your kids to be estranged from the house of God, lonely, not knowing how to work through offences and deal with conflict properly? No child would wish that. No parent would wish that on their child, just like God doesn't want us to live with it. Surely you don't want your kids to live that way. Think of that face, who is that one? And I don't doubt today that I'm talking about real traumas, real pain, real betrayals. The Bible says people will betray, they will hate one another and lawlessness will abound. But do you know that you hold the key to your freedom? The key to your freedom is found when you forgive. Ah, oh, but they don't deserve it. It doesn't matter. Love yourself enough to let them go and then re release yourself from the burden at the same time. You have the key to opening the prison doors. Forgive them, forgive them. 
Maybe some of you, you today need to go home and you need to look in the mirror and you need to say, God, I release them. I release them. Just as you released me from my offences, I release them from theirs. And I want you to say their name. Just close your eyes and keep your hands lifted just in this ministry moment together and just whisper their name and say, I release you, I release you. You don't need to shout it, that would be awkward, but certainly just whisper, whisper, I forgive you and it's okay, there's no shame in it. Many will be affected. We've all been there. I've been there, Pastor Jürgen's been there, Pastor Stacy, Pastor Mike, Pastor Katie, Pastor Gina, we've all been there. This is a human problem. And then I want you to pray for them. The Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 44, however, I say to you, love your enemies. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you and respond to the very ones who have persecuted you by praying for them. It's a high call, but it's not impossible. Pray for them, pray for them. I had an offense in my heart towards someone. And every time I saw their face pop up on social media or I heard about them, I could have checked every box in that offence symptoms list. And the Lord said to me, Leanne, pray for her. Pray for her. And the minute I released my prayer to the Lord on behalf of her, and I said, oh God, bless her. Oh Lord, bless her. Father, I thank You. I thank You for her life. I thank You for her future. I release her from any debt. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I release her. And over time, everything shifted. And instead of now looking at her with eyes of offence and bitterness that was leading to hatred and unforgiveness, I now looked at it with, with eyes of compassion. And it will completely shift the way you see people and you will have peace again. You will have peace again. Pray for them. And then also, as your hands are raised, I, are raised, I want to encourage you to separate yourself from super spreaders. Quarantine from people who have the offence virus and don't want to get cured. Because I'm telling you, I'd rather be in a room full of COVID-19 positive people than in the room of one divisive person that was not repentant. And in fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Titus, rebuke a divisive person one time and then another, and if they do not repent, have nothing more to do with them. Some of you have to make some better choices, some harder choices over who you're letting speak into your world. Are they a super spreader? Are they a divisive person? The Bible tells us in Romans, keep away from them for such people are not serving the Lord, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. You're not naive, you're smart, you're discerning. And be gracious with people. Part of the cure is you've got to be gracious, especially in COVID season. I am formulating a phrase. What happens in COVID season stays in COVID season. We're going to be extra gracious with people because people are fearful, people are confused, people are frustrated, people have suffered great loss. We've got to be gracious. King Solomon said this. He said, listen, I want you to understand you are not to take to heart everything other people say. Don't take it to heart because sometimes people speak rashly and haven't you also cursed your brother? Little bit of perspective right there. Oh, when someone says something bad about us, we want their head. But when we do it, we were just having a bad day. We were just having a moment. Well, maybe they were just having a bad day and having a moment too. Amen, amen. Father, I thank you right now. God, 
God, for a different spirit in your church. God, the world may consume one another, they may bite one another, but not here. We love one another, we love, we forgive. When we are offended, even if it be seven times a day, seven times we forgive. In fact, 70 times seven. We make a decision, I will not let offence stay on my back. I may be offended, in fact, the Bible tells me I will be, but I will not take offence. I will process it with you. And maybe today you're wounded and the cry of every offended person's heart is this, I just wanna be honoured. I just wanna be valued. I just wanna be treated right and you should be, you deserve that but you will constantly live in offence if you don't first get it from your Heavenly Father. If you're looking for the world to tell you that you're valuable and that you matter and that you should be honoured, you will be disappointed every time. Get it first from Him and you'll be able to stay upright in a world that does not know how to honour rightly. You should be honoured. And that's why God says, I will honour you, I accept you and I will love you and I will tell you that every day if you let me. And if you get that right first, if you get it right here first, you're gonna get it right out there too. Come to Him. Let Him heal your heart today. Forgive, let go, release, and allow the Lord to come in and heal the broken places of your heart. The Bible says, He heals the broken hearted and He bandages up their wounds. How beautiful is God? Now you might be saying, well, well what if I don't get justice? Listen, if you come to Jesus, you can't help but get justice one way or another, maybe not in your time frame, but justice and righteousness are the foundations of His throne. Do you really think when you release it, when you surrender it to God, God, this is too, this offence, I can't carry it, it's poisoning me. Do you really think anything that you hand to God is gonna be held with, held with tritely or casually? This is the same God that the Bible tells us bottles our tears. He is way more extra than even the most extra mother. He is bottling your tears, America. Imagine how tightly and how carefully He's gonna carry that offence you handle, hand to Him. He doesn't drop what you ask Him to carry. He doesn't treat it with disdain or casualness. He's like, hand, hand this to me. This is burdening and I don't want you to be burdened. I don't want you to be burdened under the weight of offence. Father, I thank You right now for healing to flow, for relationships to be mended, for us to not just be hearers of the Word of the Lord, but doers. God, that You would be able to say in San Diego at Eastlake, there was a church with a different spirit. When everybody else was consuming and biting and devouring, they stood in unity. They did what needed to be done. They didn't let the sun go down on their wrath. They did not give the devil a foothold. Bless them today. Release them right now in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands one last time. Father, I thank You right now that they are released from this spirit of offence. I come against this devil, this deceiving, lying devil that does not have their best interest in mind and I rebuke you. Satan, you are rebuked in the name of Jesus. We declare Jesus is building His church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Somebody shout amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.